PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Cinema Crespo Oh wait, that's me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what is this? What's going on here? Another episode of the Furthering Adventures of... The Furthering Adventures <laughs> of Chris Crespo and Drewster Cogburn. This week, uh, the Drewster boys venture into the Pirate's Cove. What? Part one. Whoa, those are the ghosts. Those are the ghosts of Pirate's <laughs> yeah, Cove. The audio for ghosts. Us. The audio ghosts. They hate us. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? We're just hanging out in the studio. I'm having a good time. Drew and I were just mentioning to each other how we've barely seen anything and there's nothing to talk about. So there's going to be a lot of <laughs> dicking around for the next 90 minutes. So uh, put on your strap-ons and get ready to dick around. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think this is going to be the episode that's going to get us any sponsors. No. Um, it's episode 453. I'm going to figure out sponsors here pretty soon, I think. <laughs> No one's ever. Got no one's got it. It's done. It's it's this thing's a cooked turkey. So uh, we we've seen movies, we've seen streaming stuff, and then there's stories, and we have an email. That's your preview. You put it together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, Drew Cogburn, how you doing these days? Doing. It's uh, warm out there. How you? How's your day job? I you, mean, it, keeping it you toasting. Su- sucks ass. It's sucking your ass. Yeah. Um, Lots of sweat. But you're making that money though. Yes, I am. That's what I'm talking uh-huh. about. That's right. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. Capitalism is what keeps us going. It's our purpose for existence it's the only reason we exist is to serve the means of capital don't forget that yeah. and uh if you're not striving to be a billionaire then what are you doing i don't want to be a billionaire. i just want to make enough money to stop working for a point in time before i die that would be called a billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> That's i just number. want to not have to work from like you know in a case, certain point on in case you haven't noticed sure even the billionaires keep working goddamn uh zendaya and rihanna and uh, no, not zendaya rihanna and uh, well i mean they're young they got time on their hands that's true what else they, I, I what did, else they gonna do I, I didn't make enough money when i was young i have to continue to make money until i'm old do it <clears throat> wait what are we I, talking about I, capitalism I don't, I don't have a choice so uh <laughs> this we're in the throes of capitalism it's fantastic um where was i going with that i don't know nowhere actually dead end just like capitalism. Just like capitalism, but we're in a dead end, so we're going to do a U-turn, turn back around, make our right at this corner, and find ourselves smack dab in the middle of a review of the movie The Card Counter. Yes. A Paul Schrader movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Sick Hogburn. Paul Schrader's been, been at it since, the, I think, at least the 70s. Okay. Friend and uh, uh, contemporary of, like, Martin Scorsese and that whole... Cr- its movie was... Pre- Which is why it was executive producer by Martin Scorsese yeah, had said so, like, in, like, the second title card. Yeah, yeah, his name was... <laughs> like, they had to throw his name there. Guys, Scorsese's involved. Trust us on this one. I think he produces... He throws his name and money, like, whatever. However, he's going to help out his buddy. Schrader wrote Taxi Driver. Okay. Probably... 
the yeah, thing. The, yeah, the best movie he's probably yeah ever associated written. with, right? No. In any way, but he still has a good old track record. His first movie is a movie called Hardcore, where uh, who's the guy? Who is it? Um, uh, George C. Scott plays a dad who stumbles across some hardcore porn, like seventies, good old fashioned seventies hardcore porn at that time, be contemporary, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, wait a second, that's. It's my daughter. Oh. Oh. I think it's drawn into like, what's, why is my daughter doing hardcore porn? You don't want to talk to your daughter about that. So that's what we call hardcore. People want to check that out. That's uh, available online somewhere, I think. Yeah. And he wrote the movie Rolling Thunder. Oh, man. I don't think you've ever seen that one. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a Patreon episode at patreon.com slash Crescent So young Tommy Lee Jones okay. gets called in to help his buddy, uh, William Devane. It's a classic uh, 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 Death Wish style revenge. Okay. William Devane is a Vietnam vet. Comes home, bleh, spit him out there, you baby killing vet. He's like, man, they don't appreciate us vets. Same thing with Tom Lee Jones, yeah. right? They're like, oh, we're we're not appreciated. Um, and then uh, there's like a raid on Devane's house. Someone I don't know, just people, a, a gang busting or something. I forget the reason why, but they uh, they uh, kill his family and they stick his hand in a in the garbage disposal in the oh, sink and turn it on sh- and fuck it up. So then he has to get like a crazy hook hand, and then he goes for revenge with his hook hand, and he gets his buddy Tommy Jones to back him up. That sounds like a wacky movie. Yes, rolling, <laughs> and it's called Rolling Thunder, and it's amazing. Okay. And we can expect to review that at some point to watch it and talk about it on okay. Patreon.com. That's a good one. That's, a, that's written by Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader wrote Taxi Driver with a loaded gun and a bottle of like whatever he was drinking next to his typewriter. As that's that's the vibe. Reference. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was just like, yes, danger. That's This is what we're going for. Um, so when the card counter started... <laughs> And Oscar Isaac starts doing voiceover, and he's like, the virtues of man break down to cards, and that's why you had this all, it gets right into philosophy and all this mm-hmm. shit. I was, I was sort of like, ah, Paul Schrader. <laughs> all right, this is, yeah, this is exactly what I'm expecting. You know, uh, tales of, like, redemption, like, haunted by their past, men broken by war, and stuff like that, <laughs> you, you know? know? He doesn't make fun movies. No. <laughs> well, Rolling Thunder, we didn't direct Rolling Thunder. Uh, remember First Reformed? Yeah. Would you call that fun? <laughs> oh, and you, you might. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of fun just because yeah. of the subject matter. The idea of a priest becoming an eco-terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> the side is, I think I'm going to blow up my flock. Like, that's some fun shit. Like, and, that, and that's what happens to people when they, you know. When they when they get too into an ideology. No. Oh. Uh, and that, extremism you know, of any side, and that, whatever type. That happens at a card Shit counter weird. when you find out about this guy's backstory and where he's coming from and stuff. It's yeah. like, so what do you think? Should we tell people? Obviously, I don't think it's something... I mean, I'm not sure if a lot of people are going to see this movie to yeah. begin with. It's worth it, though. Um, he He's a guy who's coming from the Abu Ghraib stuff. We won't say in exactly what capacity, yeah. but his character he's was, involved. was there. And it's fucking him up. He can't sleep. That's why he lives a roaming life unattached. Although, uh, Drew, maybe I wish I was better at cards. I could see myself going city to city, casino to casino. I could do that life. Learning cards isn't (laughs) that hard. It's not that hard. You you just got to let... I'm not that into it. Like he said, eight hours a day, six to seven days a week. I'm not not that into it. And then the the math part of it, I I couldn't do the math part of it. And then, you know, the whole living... I mean, unless you're a weirdo like him living in the motels outside the casino, you just be living in the casino the whole time. Yeah, I'd be way into that. Yeah, I'm fine with what do you call celebrity gambling? Call me a celebrity gambler. I'm into it. Put me me on ESPN3. (laughs) 
playing uh whose t-shirts you wearing chris oh man i'll wear all the t-shirts 10 for 10k <laughs> I'll wear Yamaha's t-shirts. Do they do any uh, sponsorship? I, I just saw a TikTok that said casinos have added a triple zero to the roulette wheels. What? Yes, to make up for the losses, for for the, the lowered, first of all, the pandemic losses when they were just shut down, and now there's just <clears> less <throat> foot traffic there. No. Uh, so they are, they've been doing things, the different games uh, to amp up house odds. And one of the things they started doing was adding a triple zero to the roulette wheels. Interesting. And it bumped up their odds by like another yeah, house odds by another 1%, 1.5%, enough to make it be like, this is even more of a sucker's bet now. What the hell, guys? Y'all fucked it up. Um. Anyway, gambling's fun. Is it? Yeah, it can be. I mean, it could also be, you know, Addictive and destructive. <laughs> anything, anything can be th- that, you know. Anything can be fun or horrible. Like uh, torture. You know, a little bit of to- People pay for a little bit of torture. <laughs> a few hundred bucks a night, the right woman in the right <laughs> outfit, I'm paying for it. Some of that shit. You know, yeah. step on my balls with your spiky heels and waterboard me yeah. with that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred dollars, please. But nobody, but if the government does it in a black site for you know forty eight hours in a row, now it's torture. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, f- yeah. well, well, it is. Whatever. Chris. Fine. Fine. If we're gonna, see, the, the, if the, we're gonna... the difference. The, the difference between those two things is one of them is a willing participant. Yes. The other one is unwilling. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. How come they didn't teach us this in school? Yeah. Did they? I'm pretty sure they. Did. Maybe I, I, maybe sure I missed that. I went to a Catholic school, so okay. the, so they're just like no guilt, 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 no, don't do guilt, it. guilt, 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 but, guilt, but and no. But I wasn't Catholic, so I was like, "This is weird, guys. You yeah. got you gotta do something. Right? Mm-hmm. At least finger your own butthole. I don't know, figure something out. <laughs> you guys gotta figure. You all repressed. Figure something. Beating each way, other up in the locker room. Way repressed. <laughs> it's fucked up. This is some fucked up shit. So well, yeah, and the the more repressed a, a culture is, the more fucked up shit gets. I mean, why do you think the Japanese are the Japanese? Um, because <laughs> they live in Japan. Yeah, their art is pretty intense. It's, I mean, yeah, some of that Godzilla is a direct result of like dealing with atomic fallout of of World War Two yeah. and rebuilding as a society and being afraid of technology and atomic power. That mm-hmm. that is reflected one hundred percent in Godzilla. Yeah. Pretty interesting, actually. I mean, why, why do you think there's a, there's a giant psychic bomb in Akira? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on. Again, directly addressing <laughs> their scarred, their scarred history, which has yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fucked up, man. Their collective scarred ego. So, what does our what does our what does our uh, media say about us now? The card counter. We are we are traumatized by the things that we've been forced to do and in, uh, in the fall that we've well, been I mean, made to take. I mean, and some people, you know, if they. Some people just don't know about this shit. That is true. Some people do choose to bury Turn their head a blind in the eye. Sand. Yeah. On the on the side, I can recommend the documentary. Can you look this up with your with your with your hand computer? Mm-hmm. Um, the Errol Morris documentary called "Standard Operating Procedure." See if that is available anywhere for streaming. I'm sure you can rent it, but that's a fantastic documentary. In which Errol Morris, with his particular filmmaking style, interviewed the people. It's on Voodoo. Oh no, it's it's only for rent. For only for rent. Okay, yeah, but so it's everywhere. It's available from everywhere. Guys, okay, standard operating procedures. A very good documentary, and it he interviews the people who remember the photos that came out of the like the stacked bodies, and mm-hmm. then, and then the people who are standing over it, like doing peace sign yeah, uh-huh. pictures. Interviewed those people. 
about what happened in there and the fallout of everything. It's sort of a very good companion piece to the card counter, mm-hmm. actually, because it gets into a lot of that very specific stuff and how it happened. And when it's over, it's infuriating to be yeah. like, the, the way people are made to take a fall and people who are really in charge just get away are, with it. Are yeah, not accountable for it's, whatever reason. It's incredible. No. Truly incredible. So that's like a side thing in this movie. No. That's like, not a side thing, like a runner no. that this movie is then built on about the story of this dude meeting a young kid and taking him on a road trip to different casinos and gambling. Mm-hmm. He's gambling. Yeah. Paying expenses. Tiffany Haddish is in there. She's running a stable of gamblers back in, back in them. That's, it's a weird mix of two things. No. I think that's what accounts for the low audience score on the Rotten Tomatoes. That's like a 33%. Is if people are going looking for a gambling movie, mm. they're going to be sorely disappointed. Or if they're going for some sort of Oscar Isaac thriller. Like, they're, going like to be mainstream, sorely, yeah, yeah. they're going to be sorely disappointed again. It gets weird. Instead, yeah, they, they get this weird... You're getting the guy who wrote Hardcore and, and, and Taxi Driver yeah. and shit. Yeah. You're, you're getting this weird PTSD movie. And it also has its corny old man touches, too. Like when you see his back tattoo, it's like, mm-hmm. I give up my God no. to Grace or some old corny dumb shit but it's done as a tattoo or whatever that's very that feels like a dumb old man thing like this guy used to be cool not anymore back in the 70s when he would like do a line of cocaine slug down some whiskey load a gun slam it down on the (laughs) table and then start writing taxi driver that guy is intense I don't know if I would have been in a room with that guy but for different reasons (laughs) this new older Paul Schrader is just uh, he's older he's just older I asked you this off mic uh but you haven't seen movie Autofocus? No. Can you look up that one? See if Autofocus... That's from like 2005. Greg Kinnear, Willem Dafoe. It's about the guy who was the star of Hogan's Heroes and how he went from all-American dad living in Hollywood as an actor to a sex addict. Uh, just for rent. Damn, just for rent. He was a sex addict murdered by his friend in a hotel. And no one knows why. They just know that it happened. That's a crazy movie. That one I saw in theaters. I saw that first reformed and now this. These are like the only Paul Schrader movies I've seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then the one we the taxi driver thing mm-hmm. is sort of a the re release. Yeah. Um that was fun. I don't know how many more Paul Schrader movies we're gonna get. And some of the ones he's made in recent years have been bad too. He did one with Lindsay Lohan and mm-hmm. and uh it's called The Canyons. It was written by Brett Easton Ellis. So people were like, Oh shit, Brett. Yeah. Oh, look at this. This could actually be good, you know? Uh, and then they cast Lindsay Lohan because at the time she was still in the news for all her shit. So they were like, we can kind of play with the tabloidy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her co-star was James Dean, D-E-E-N, no. the uh, the pornographic actor. Oh. Who was at the time making a bit of buzz for himself online as a, oh, he's, this guy's weirdly charismatic uh, for being a porn actor, you know, working in the, the cross, sex films. Tr- trying to cross over. So they were trying to do like a Sasha Gray style crossover with him. Um, and then shortly after this movie came out, a lot of his co-workers, co-stars in movies came out to be like, this guy is a rapist. Sweet. And, and, and no one's heard from him again. <laughs> it stopped working Great. with him. I don't know what happened to him, but his, yeah, his his balloon got deflated fast. No. When many women stepped forward, like, no, we all have agreed to stop working yeah. with him because he sucks. That's awful. Because he's awful. So, uh, he, Paul Schrader will make a movie like that. And then that movie came out and everyone laughed at it. Like, this is terrible. Mm. This is terrible. You all should be embarrassed. Everyone involved with this should retire now. Mm. Um, that he did it because First Reformed is still pretty good. He has something yeah, to say with I, that. I enjoyed that. I don't know what he's saying with the card counter, though. Aside from, like... War's bad. War's bad. <laughs> 
gotta be nicer to people who are like take the fall or hold people accountable. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, they're all. I mean, it just seems like it's more of a story of the wrong people being held accountable. I mean, could you like who would you recommend this movie to? Would you recommend it? And who would you recommend it to? What time? I mean, people who like 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 the weird fucked up shit. Like, there's some body horror stuff, and there's some pretty. Disturbing images. So if that's what gets you off, yeah, there's a little bit of that for sure. Uh, if you're going just for card stuff, you might be put off by some of the more violent aspects. Yeah. Um, what you think of the Haddish? I mean, she was fine. It's good to see her in something not a comedy. That's yes. I, I want to see her. I mean, she was fine. She, I mean, obviously she could be better, but I, she just doesn't have a lot of dramatic experience. I think I agree. With, I have to agree with all that. I like seeing her in it, well, but then when it's like her one on one with Oscar Isaac, I feel like one person. Oscar Isaac. Well, one's a trained actor. One is yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Like, like, <laughs> one, like one went to Juilliard. Yeah. You know, he's just like he's doing the work, and then the other one is uh, it's Tiffany Haddish, and like. Yeah. I, mean, I like her, but uh, she is is getting into like um, crazy fit shape now because she's getting ready to play. Speaking of doing more dramatic stuff, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good for her. Is she doing Jackie Joyner Kersey, or is she doing who's the other one? Flo Jo. Remember Flo Jo? No. Who is? I think it's Jackie Joyner. She's doing a lot of them. She's doing some sort of Olympic biopic. Okay. Oh uh, well. Ooh. Olympic biopic. What was that? A biolympic? <laughs> She's doing a biolympic. And uh Yeah, it's interesting. And then what this guy, Ty Sheridan, is he is he just getting older? Like he looked different in this. Like, yeah, he just looked, I, he is he's definitely getting older. Like right, his face is just getting yeah. thicker. Mm-hmm. He has got a little wispy thing going well, on. He's got the weird long hair right now because he, he obviously like a, doesn't care. Does have sort of a mullet thing going on. Or maybe that's for like another movie he's doing. Know. Who knows? Um, but it's weird. Like this is a, I guess he's Ready just player not, one was last time. He's just not a kid anymore. Yeah. Right. That's all. That's what's going on. Yeah. Kids grow up. It's strange when it happens in, in a movie. You're like, what? Wait. Oh yeah, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time. Strange. Well, I mean, shit. Oscar Isaac is about to be uh, playing like dads and shit in movies now. Well, he looks visibly older. <laughs> he's looking visible. even in this one. Yeah. It, I mean, he doesn't dye his hair, so it's yeah. just, he's just a gray-haired man no. going gray. Yeah. He's got the, the wrinkles, the lines yeah. in his face. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him with that massive beard and dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes him look older. <laughs> yeah, for and, sure. But more badass. It does. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to be the, the, the Duke Leto leader of the and, entire and Atreides speaking family. speaking beards making people look badass, did you see the, uh, the Matrix thing? The Matrix 4? Where Matrix Resurrections, where, where where John Wick is fucking Neo yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I I didn't even put that together. He does have a beard, straight up, just and a the beard long hair. Yeah. He has, he, he's, it's fucking John Wick, dude. John Wick is Neo now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Is it because he's like, listen, I'm doing John Wick right after this. I can't, I can't cut or shave nothing. I don't know. And what chassis just has to be like, all right. Well, we're not gonna CG oh, maybe, it out. So maybe okay. they, maybe they like the new look. And they're like, listen, this is, you know, time is passing. He needs to look older. Just keep what you got going on. Yeah, maybe Atlanta Wachowski was watching John Wick. Yeah. was like, why don't we just do this in the Matrix? <laughs> uh, that trailer's pretty wild looking. I, I watched that one on. I try not to watch trailers for big movies like that at home. Yeah. But I was just like, fuck it, I want to see. Because there's a lot. I want to see John Wick in the Matrix. Well, I want to see. A lot, there are a lot of, like, interesting articles came out all of a sudden about how much people like what they saw mm-hmm. and how colorful the movie looks, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, yeah, dude, my teen is young Morpheus and yeah. shit. And apparently, the reason why uh, Lawrence Fishburne isn't in this movie is because Morpheus died in the Matrix Online MMO RPG 
2005 game. Okay. Uh, which is canon. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Is that weird? Yeah. And that game's not available to play anymore because it's an online game. It's no. done. But and because, the servers are, don't so, do a shit. Exactly. Yeah. But because it's canon, Morpheus is dead. Okay. So, so Fishburne, young Morpheus. So now we got to do a young Morpheus or a different Morpheus or whatever. Oh, yeah, I was doing it. I mean, uh, I mean, if if it, yeah, interesting. Yeah, right. Weird. Weird. I'll take it. Um, so the card counter, I would give it like a thumbs up. It's like a it's a pretty good thumbs up, a wavery thumbs up. I think it's a, a good movie. It's definitely a Paul Schrader movie. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be voiceover and shit. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yes, yeah. It, it, it definitely. That's what I'm trying it, to say. It wasn't what I expected at Same. all. Same. But what I got, I was happy with. Right. So. Same. I agree. Paul Schrader's the card counter. Okay. Did you watch What If this week? Yes. Dude. That was the zombie one? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So is this, a, is this a two-parter? I don't think so. The way it ended, though. Is it? I mean, whatever. Is that it? We're just supposed to now imagine the ending? Sure. Because it, like when it ended, I rewound it. I was like, did I miss something I here? No. Uh, I thought it was really good, though. I was pretty... I enjoyed it. I was pretty sucked into the whole, uh, yeah. into the whole episode. I, I like the origination of the zombie. It's a fucking quantum virus. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, twice now on this show. If there's a problem, Hank Pym is the cause of it. Yeah. Which makes me wondering a lot about Quantumania. Yes. and I mean, shit can. Yeah. <laughs> Quantumania is going to be bad for everyone. Um, that's still like two years away. A year and a half at least. May something? March 2023? Something like that? So, uh, yeah, man. I thought it was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. I-, I was into all of it. Yeah. I was really, really sucked in. I think the last couple episodes have been awesome. And, yeah, and then again, Uwantu at the end makes another reference to how people will do anything to, like, save... Saving one person and destroying the universe. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or, like, in this case, trying to save the planet, but then they're going to destroy the universe. That's two episodes in a row now talking about um, destroying all realities and all universes and stuff like that. Well, I mean... Or not, not... Now that there are multiple universes, like there's, maybe they're just destroying their own universe. Well, which is what happens in four episode four, mm-hmm. right? Um, so and, and Uatu well, is like this universe now has to be destroyed in order to save all reality, yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's a it's, it's a more natural way of trimming the branches of time. Sure, sure, sure. yeah, exactly. Bonsai trims itself in this instance, but then at the end of episode five, he's like, he he then posits, he's like again. They're showing that it's going to happen. And then it cuts to uh, zombie Thanos missing the one stone. Uh, and it's like, oh, is this, are we just going to pick up where this thing's off? Or is, I, 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 no, it, it's up to you now. Now, now it's in our brain <laughs> to think what happens next. Yeah. Okay, then shit. That was a good one. That's a good one. I really enjoyed uh, that. Episode six is next week. It's already over after that. No. Dunzo bunzo. And then the next show is Hawkeye. Hey. At least it's got Haley Steinfeld. I mean, I'll watch it. You know, I think it's gonna be. It might be the end of Renner for the for his Marvel time for now. Which is fine. Yeah, absolutely, totally fine. I'm okay with that. Totally fine. Hawkeye was is kind of like a throwaway character anyway. It feels so in the, in the MCU at least. Yes, like he's got some good storylines and uh, uh, Old Man Logan. That storyline has Old Man Hawkeye as like his sidekick, and yeah. that is actually kind of badass because now he's blind. <laughs> but still, for whatever reason, a blind arrow guy who's like uh, using sound or whatever. He's like, "Don't breathe three, <laughs> don't breathe three. He starts using uh, arrows, bows and arrows. I mean, I'm okay with that. All right, there he goes. Like, he's just listening. And then, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen "Don't Breathe Two yet. Yeah, so. I mean, we've seen the trailer. <laughs> I still don't understand. Oh yeah, that part. 
Um, it'll be on like it'll be on something eventually. Soon. Exactly. So, um, yeah, what if F five has some good stuff? That's good. I watched the new nine eleven movie Worth on uh, Netflix. It's Michael Keaton. Okay. He is playing this lawyer who was uh, essentially volunteered for the task of being the guy to figure out what would be the across-the-board payout or how do people get compensated for um, uh, being involved in any way with 9-11 as opposed to everyone suing the airlines and like suing everyone around them, suing the government, whoever they get sued. Uh, they make the argument that this will just grind the economy into a halt and like destroy everything. So in order to... I mean, very well could have. Very well could have. So in order to... Uh, uh, gotta make a sacrifice to the gods of the economy and to do that you have to try to pay off all these people oh man you want to talk about sacrificing to the gods of the economy i've got a fucking comic book for you what's that one it's called uh the black monday murders and it's literally about like old gods controlling the financial systems of the world oh, it's, it's like fucking bonkers and it's, it's a graphic novel yeah the black monday murders, murders. sounds good to me yeah. i like that quite a bit um, yeah, it's along those same vibes, I guess. Is the movie worth? There's a Cthulhu pops up at one point. And it's <laughs> like you must figure out the algorithm to pay off the peasants. Um, so Michael Keaton plays the guy who learns the value of a life, and then Stanley Tucci plays the guy who's like, I find all of this reprehensible. He's like the. Uh, I mean, it's fucked up and twisted, but it's gotta be done. Yes, and he's when he tries to like get them like you. You gotta find ways to fix this. Uh, it's a pretty good drama. It's pr- it's pretty well. Everyone is well acted. It's well acted. Pretty well made. Interesting topic in terms of like the proceduralness of it, the um, the way they approach it and all that stuff. I don't know how true true it is, no. but you know it's a movie, and it, it, I thought it was good. It's fine. Okay, it's called Worth. It's on Netflix. Another Netflix movie called The Waterman. This is more of a family movie. It's a PG movie, but it has like kind of fantasy elements so interesting like fairy tale fantasy elements okay. um but in a good way like when when you're looking for the waterman the waterman's like a bad guy but he's like it's not a bad guy but like a monster sort of legend but his thing is that he has uh, found a way to cheat death and this kid his mom played by a uh, uh, rosario dawson she's dying leukemia so he's like i need to find a way to cheat death to save my mama so he needs to go and find the waterman and then his dad is David Oyelowo, uh, and he he's like just not having a good run at having a, a dying wife and you know being a father. He's no. he's kind of stumbling around. Movie is directed by David Oyelowo. Okay, which is part of why I watch it. And um, the kid goes running off into the woods looking for the water man. Meets a girl along the way. They sort of team up together looking for the water man. And then he's like, "Shit, where's my son? He's gone missing." So he's running around he looking for run. his son. No. While Rosario Dustin's dying of blood cancer. Yes, all by herself. <laughs> all the way back there by herself. And he has to lie to her and be like, stay in bed. Because she's like at the point where it's almost like in-home hospice care. Yeah. No, stay in bed. No, he's just out there playing or something. Don't worry about it. No, he's he's trying to like hide it from her. And then like once the police get involved, she's like, what? You've been hiding this from me? It's, it's a pretty good little movie. And uh, well-directed. You know, yeah. David O'Yell, any chance yeah. to watch him act is good. The kid was fine, whoever the lead kid was, he was fine. I like, there's a, they do, spoiler alert, there's a scene where they eventually get to the water, man. I won't say like, the whole, the, the context of it, but I was, it, uh, it was pretty, like an intense sort of, almost, Guillermo del Toro, 
Pan's Labyrinth, like a creature in that world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Almost when you stumble yeah. across the water, man. It's pretty interesting. Oh, that was pretty good. That's Netflix. Those are both Netflix movies. Uh, on YouTube, there's a, a two part, two parts. Well, it's a documentary, but it's split into two parts. I've mentioned it on the show before, but now I just realized I found out it's out there for people to watch. It's dubbed. It's German, and it's Werner Herzog, and it's called My Best Fiend. I've mentioned this yeah, before. Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski. It's called Mein Liebster Fiend. Mein <laughs> Liebster Fiend. Klaus Kinski on YouTube. But it's in two parts, 50 minutes, one video, 40 minutes, the other. And it's fucking awesome. It's so compelling to watch all this footage of Klaus Kinsey being a madman. And, and then Werner Herzog talking about man. it. Yeah. Well, he was way less of a madman compared to Kinsky. <laughs> He's so normal compared to Kinsky. He's so... Werner Herzog's so weird. So weird. <laughs> and compared to Kinsky, he's such like an erudite gentleman of like... He keeps it together at all times. He's calm. Kinsky's crazy. And they make such good movies together. They make a movie, and then they're like, I will never work with this man again. And Kinsky's like, I'd never work with you. And then he calls them, I have an idea for a movie. Okay, let's do it. And then they make five movies together. They hate each other, and they made five movies. It's kind of like how we've done this for eight years. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's good. My Best Fiend. Definitely recommend it on YouTube. Um, I, I, I'm not adding this to my hundo because I didn't watch the whole thing. I'll, I have to watch it anyway. But I did watch part of... One of the most laughable movies I've seen in a while. Okay, Chaos Walking. Oh man, I almost started it, but I, mm. instead, because I, I knew because it, it came out on Apple TV, right? No, um, uh, Hulu. No, but what did it come out on before? Because it was it, um, theaters. It, yeah, theaters. Interesting. Yeah, theaters, and now it's on Hulu. Anyway, I didn't. I watched the trailer because I didn't see a trailer for it, and sure. I was like, because they buried it when it came, and out. I was like, you know what? I don't. I don't think I want to watch this movie. Dude, oh <laughs> uh, I put it on. Because I event. I was like, "Fuck it! I'm looking for something to watch. I'm tired. Let me just put this on." Uh, because apparently, it's so bad that um, they reshot like the third act because it tested so poorly. It's a Doug Lyman movie. Mm-hmm. It's what he did after he did it. Tomorrow and then uh, American Made and then something else and then this. Like what? He's also the same guy who makes he made Jumper though. Remember Jumper? Oh yeah, it's yeah, like I do. Actually, this is this is the next Jumper. Actually, this makes Jumper look pretty good. Uh, <laughs> oh really? When the movie started, I laughed out loud with the with the opening credit, opening really? text. Yes, that's a bad sign because yeah. it said it, it's it, essentially it said something like because it tries to explain the movie too. It's like noise is the unfiltered thoughts of man so that everyone can hear it only man yeah only man exactly man without a filter is chaos walking (laughs) (laughs) i laughed immediately i I laughed i I was like this is what we're in store for (laughs) not what i'm looking for no way so noise this is based uh, the guy i think he wrote the screenplay wrote he wrote a trilogy this is based on a fucking book it probably works as a book. You know it, it probably Because you don't have to look at it. Yes. 100%. 100% I bet you it works as a book. Because noise is... You can see it visibly coming off of people. And then other people can... If you can see it, other characters can see it. So when when men think... There's like... It's the year 2020-something. Something that's happened, I don't know. There's like a, 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 it's almost like a disease. But when men think... You can see it visibly. And men think in words... Uh, pictures so sometimes you see images and uh, there's like a third way that they communicate 
thought-wise, but that just happens the way you think, and you, a thought just pops into your head. Other people that can then see it, which causes all sorts of problems. Our main character is Tom Holland, who, in his brain, he, he's got the body of like a 20-year-old or whatever. He's got the brain of a 6-year-old because he's, the way his, his, his thoughts come out, it's so childish and goofy and stupid. Every time he was like thinking something, it was like cringy and horrible uh, and laughable. It was so funny. And then Daisy Ridley shows up. She crash lands on this planet where they're like, no, no. So this is like the is this is like uh, Daisy really the last woman as opposed to my yes. last man. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, because something happened where there were women there, but there was like some sort of battle or a fight, a civil war between co- colonies or something, and a bunch all the women just got killed. So it wasn't even like some sort of disease or anything. Like the women just got killed. Only the men were left. I don't know. It was weird. But then there's another colony where there are women and children. They're like what? They're there the whole time. It is stupid as fuck. Oh, and then there's like the, the the creatures that do live there that look dumb as hell, and they're told that they're hostile, but they're really not. Again, like I said, I didn't finish the movie and I was half watching. It was so, so bad. Yeah, it was so bad. I haven't. I don't even think I got to the third act that they supposedly reshot. I think I'm just didn't matter. I think I'm just gonna read the Wikipedia <laughs> entry. You know who else is in it? Um, Mads. Oh really? Mads Mikkelsen plays like the leader of the colony, where he's like the one guy who figured out how to keep he keeps his thoughts in control, so no no one else can read it. You know who else is in this movie? David Oyelowo. He's in it as well, playing like a like a hunter type guy running around. He hates Mads Mikkelsen. Actually, a pretty good cast. And then this other kid who was uh, uh I think he's a is he a British kid? Like I don't know. If you'd see me, be like, oh, it's that guy. Anyway, chaos. 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 <laughs> chaos walking is terrible. Okay. It is terrible. Okay. I'll make sure to not ever watch do it. Not do it. I mean, I don't know. No, don't do it. No, yeah, don't no. do it. I did, a, uh, I did an Abel Ferrara double feature because I was feeling, I was feeling uh, 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 antsy, I guess. Mm. And I wanted to like see some fucked up shit. Uh, and both these movies are available. So at least on Criterion channel, if you have Criterion... King of New York, you ever see that? It's Christopher Walken, Lawrence Fishburne from 1990. Yeah, gangster movie. Yeah, it's a gangster movie. Super violent and no. crazy. Uh, that's on Criterion. I rewatched that, and as soon as it was over, I went to Amazon, and I put on Bad Lieutenant, which came out oh, okay. in 92. Yeah, Harvey, Harvey Keitel. Keitel. Yes. Um, just felt like watching some sleaze. Some good old violent fucked up sleaze. King of New York is super violent, and Bad Lieutenant uh, it's just all, all the drugs. Yeah. All, it's a, a, a drug tour <laughs> of New York City. It's very fun. Uh, I'm pretty sure both movies probably feature rape. So heads up, trigger warning, go. trigger warning for that one for sure. But I did it. Uh, Abel Ferrara, man, the, the not too many people like him out there. Make where he's like, fuck Star Wars, fuck Marvel, <laughs> fuck all your shit. You don't know what movies are. This is what a movie. A is. movie should make you feel uncomfortable. Violence, Let's especially sexual violence. Rape that nun with that crucifix. Mm-hmm. Do it, and then and okay. then and then have a scene where the doctor talks about it very coldly <laughs> as they record all the details of it. It's fucked up. Good movie. Good stuff. Those are some Black Murder Mondays for you. That's what I call when when, when that's what we call when a nun gets raped. The black the Black Murder Mondays. <laughs> it's like you only have a case of the Mondays. I have a case of the Black Murder Mondays mm-hmm. as opposed to the Black Monday murders. <laughs> uh, what did you uh, watch this week, buddy? Uh, I watched a really awful movie because I had watched the sequel a couple weeks ago. I watched uh, that to- the Tomb Raider Credit of Life for the first time a couple weeks ago okay, yeah. with Gerard Butler, yeah. and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Lara Croft Tomb Raider. With Daniel Craig. With Daniel Craig, and it was awful. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's the one I saw in theaters back, back in the day. I'm sorry. 
But I don't remember anything about it though, except like don't Craig worry. was in it, and there's a part at the end where there's like all you have running up a level, like a video game level. All you have to remember is that Daniel Craig in it is not only is he awful, but the entire movie is awful. The entire movie is bad, yeah. and Daniel Craig's doing a really bad American accent. Oh, does he? Right. <clears throat> I wonder if he, he must have done one for um, Road to Perdition as well, where he played Paul Newman's son. Maybe. Yeah, he he did a bunch of American stuff in the early 2000s. Uh, I mean, he did one in uh, Cowboys and Aliens, and that was passable at least. Yeah, but that one, he had enough sway as Daniel Craig at the time, because he's James Bond at that point, where he could like go through the script and cut down all his lines of dialogue. <laughs> so he's very, he was very honest about how he was going through the script. He's like, nope, say less, say less. I don't, I don't trust my accent. He, he's very open about it, like I don't, I don't, I talk as little as possible. Yeah. But then for fucking knives out, he's like, hey, how let's go? For some reason, it works. <laughs> for, in the beginning, I was like, is he doing French? Um, no, he's no, doing he's Louisiana. He's doing Louisiana <laughs> Southern. No, it's fine. I, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to whatever they call the next one mm. on Netflix. Um, so did you? Uh, no, bad, right? Huh? Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I watched a bunch of music documentaries. One of them, uh, The Who, colon, Sensation, colon, The Story of Tommy on Amazon Prime. It's Ooh. just a documentary about the Tommy album. About... Yeah, uh-huh. Pretty much. Yeah. Ten minutes of that. Uh, well, I mean, the music-wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, more like, yeah. A, more like an hour and a half of that. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I have the Who... I have Tommy on... Um, on vinyl. On vinyl. It, it's, yeah, it's like a, it's at least two records, isn't yeah. it, I think? Yeah. Uh, I got that. It's a crazy concept I got that last album. week. I got this thing. Mm-hmm. Vinyl. It looks like an original pressing. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Um, good? Good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was it was probably the, whole thing. the worst of the documentaries that I watched. Oh, okay. All right. So on like a scale of one out of ten to put the rest into perspective. I mean, this one's probably going to be like a six. Okay. But it's just for a perspective of these, actually. Yeah. You know, the, 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 uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Not all sixes are equal. Uh, the, the next one's Keith Richards' Under the Influence on Netflix. Okay. And this is just a Keith Richards documentary. Just straight up just about Keith. Yeah. And his... Uh, very, actually, very little... N- not as much about the Rolling Stones as you would think for a Keith Richards documentary. Uh, so what does it get into then? Wait, like his personal life, yeah. his, uh, a lot of the stuff of what he did after the Stones, because most people just know him for the Rolling Stones. Sure. He's been making music the entire time. So his, all his solo stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Some of the stuff that he's working on currently and did in the past, blah, blah, blah. So. The, the, like any of the music? I mean, it's all right. It's, it's just all right, right? Yeah. It's fine. I mean, he's an R&B guy now. Oh, old school, yeah, but not like R and B, like he like old school blues, like, dum, 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 yeah. Dum, dum, dum. And it's and it's surprisingly good, <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then shit. I mean, I guess he's been doing it for what sixty years. Yeah, yeah, seventy years maybe. He's so fucking old mm-hmm. uh, and been doing it nonstop. You're gonna have some sort of like crazy muscle memories with all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, man, Wish it, I- it was an interesting documentary. Okay. And then also on Netflix, there's a documentary called Count Me In, and it's a, just a, it's a drumming documentary. Ooh. So it's about drummers specifically. Interesting. And a bunch of different bands. And, uh, and these are all, are they, uh, these are all individual movies? Yeah. Like hour and a half movies? Uh, uh, hour 20 to like hour so like, 40. Yeah, yeah, different, different ranges. Yeah. Uh, any like interesting drummers that everyone would know, or well, I mean, a lot they, of like obscure type stuff. Well, no, I mean uh, some of them I weren't, I wasn't familiar with because I'm just not like I don't listen to that type of music. Sure. Um, uh, they, they do talk to uh, the guy from the Foo Fighters. 
uh, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, they don't talk about they, they talk about a lot of the classics like John Bonham. Yeah. and uh, other like the Stones drummers and yeah, uh, yeah he just then he just died. Was that the drummer who just died? Yeah, Charlie Watts, something like that. So, um, what about a uh, uh, like Buddy Rich? Right, is he another guy? Maybe. But, yeah, they, they, they talk about rock drumming and jazz drumming, pop drumming. Gotcha. So, oh, it's, okay. but it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Talk I about enjoyed Rush. it. Talk about Rush. No, come on. No Neil Pert. Come on. Yeah, it's documentary without. It's a drumming documentary without Neil Pert. Come on. Don't you feel like it's a bit of a failure? Yeah. What about Tool? No. Come on. <laughs> come on. Don't you? Don't you feel? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not progressive enough for you. Chris. I guess. Yeah. 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 Fair. 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 Uh, also on Netflix, I watched uh, War Dogs. Yeah, that's for a the fun, first time. That's a fun movie. So you didn't see that with me? No, in the theater? No, I never who, saw it. Who was that? It wasn't me. I think I want to try to think back in my brain. <laughs> who was sitting? Was anyone sitting next to me? Was that by myself? Uh, I didn't see it. Jonah Hill and what's his face, Miles Teller. Yep, and, yeah. uh, and Todd Phillips doing a uh, I would call it a oh. bit of a Scorsese riff. <clears throat> I mean, kind of. I mean, it's it was a little Goodfellas ish. Like, yeah, like we're the guys who got into this scheme. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, sort yeah, a little sort bit. Yeah. What do you think? It was good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's more of a satire. I think. Yeah, it of is just little, like the war industry as a whole. It's a little over the top. <clears throat> uh, I wonder. Do you think? I wonder if he'll put on weight. I think he put on weight for that role. Probably. Because he was maybe at his biggest. Yeah. For that. Uh huh. No, he's lost a lot of that weight since. Yes, he he's still like sort of a thick boy, but he's a type of guy. He's like he'll forever be a thick boy, no matter how many nutritionists mm-hmm. you get. You know, no. you gotta live some sort of crazy uh, Hugh Jackman life, Wolverine lifestyle. Do you really want to do that? No. <laughs> twelve hours just eating um, boiled chicken and broccoli. Gross. God, no. Then the other twelve hours is working out. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> miserable. Keep drinking here. Uh, also on Netflix, I watched. Uh, that new movie Kate that came out oh you watched it yeah I almost did I almost pulled a trigger on it no should I yes alright yeah. okay, it's from cool. the producers of Atomic Blonde so think yeah. think, think uh, Atomic Blonde yeah. just in modern times in Tokyo in Tokyo over the well, course of 24 Osaka. hours right yeah Osaka like, and Tokyo well I she mean she gets poisoned or yeah. something so she has like a time frame mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson's in it right yeah so there, there is that countdown element enjoyable yeah I, jo- I enjoyed it Shit. I thought it was good I need to watch it now especially on you know it's on par with the better Netflix action movies you know with if, if, like, yeah, if yeah. you Extraction. saw if you saw Extraction if you saw The Old Guard yeah. if you liked those movies yeah. then Kate is right in that line okay except know. way more neon <laughs> okay that that sets my expectations like properly where it should be did yeah. you ever, did you ever see Gunpowder Milkshake you ever watch that one yeah I watched that one I thought actually I thought Kate was better okay Okay, good. Now I feel like I can place it now where I'm going <coughs> to feel like I can trust that uh, that placement for sure. Yeah. Um, I really like Mary Elizabeth Winston. I, yeah. I always enjoy she's her. She's good movies. at this one. Yeah, yeah. It's her. She's the lead, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She's Kate. And uh, she's the, the titular Kate. And a, and a bunch of Japanese guys. Like, a couple of them, I, I was like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, true. Even though I don't, I don't know his name because yeah. I'm an asshole. Yeah, but you're like, oh, but that guy. Though. Yeah. I, I, see, I, see, I, I recognize his voice and his face. Oh, shit. So. Damn. Um, all right, well, then Kate's been added to the list of things I'm out watch this week. And fuck, then fuck, fuck. Uh, I watched the first two episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not caught up yet. Yeah, yeah me neither. That, that I, new episode just dropped. Yeah, I think I missed, uh, I think I know one or two, but I mean, that's fine. They're half an hour. It's like easy to sit down and yeah. catch up over, you know, a couple of missed weeks. You know. 
Um, but they're fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're right back where we were. Goddamn gear. <laughs> things are weird. Yeah, he's making sure everything's fine in the yeah. house, but like pretending to be, be locked away. Oh, uh, so, so much fun. I saw a TikTok of someone working a, uh, where were they at? Oh, they were, yeah, they were working like a con, uh, a convention, and they were doing um, like drawings of people as they came up for, you know, money or whatever. No. And goddamn Guillermo, Harvey Guillen walks up. I was like, I get a picture of me. And she draws it. Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. <laughs> That's so awesome. He seems like a nice guy. Um, yeah, it was good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Shit. I also got to start watching Reservation Dogs. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. And yeah. then Why the Last Man Starts, even though for whatever reason the previews aren't I gotta catching s- me. I got to say the same for me, even though I, ha- I haven't read the comics. Uh, I'm, st- I'm still looking forward to the show coming mm. out and then seeing the trailers whatever the commercial well, no, exactly. well, it's like yeah it looks okay I, I don't mean, know I saw some of the trail. I saw the trailers and I was wondering about you know just how much of the story they're going are they kind of cut anything yeah, out yeah. this that the other and I caught there was like a plot synopsis for like the first four episodes yeah uh, and I read some of them and the characters I was wondering about are there so this I mean it has the potential to get fucking weird man okay okay that's what we want that's what we want we want fucking weird it's FX on Hulu streaming only. What are the inhibitions? Go for what? Yeah. Go, go for it. I mean, there's go a, for it. There's, there's, go for it. There's a chance for an entire clan of Amazons who have yes. who, who have given themselves a single mastectomy so they can fire their bows faster. So they walk around with only one boob. That's weird. No, I like it. It's post. It's a. It's the apocalypse, man. People go to extremes. Uh, Why the Last Man? The, this episode brought to you by Why the Last Man <laughs> debuts on Monday, September thirteenth. I'm gonna, tomorrow. I mean, I'm gonna watch it and yeah, for sure. see if it's any good. <laughs> for sure. I have a feeling it's not going to be good though. Uh, well, hey, Drewster Drew sense. That's called Drew sense. Dr- the Drew sense is tingling. He's saying buyer beware on Why Colin the Last Man mm-hmm. coming to FX on Hulu streaming September thirteenth. Brought to you by <laughs> Cinema Crespedizo. Um, in conjunction works. with Jiffy Pop. <laughs> you know, if Jiffy Pop's a sponsor, can we get some of that shit? No. <laughs> For free? No, 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 no. Um, anything else? Anything else we've been watching? Mm-mm. We're done? We're, that's it there? That was everything. Okay, shit. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with the second half of the show. Uh, like I said, we have an email to read. It's actually an email from last week, but that's fine. We'll read that. And then uh, a whole bunch of news stories. So let's take this break. And, uh, okay. I, I would be the last one to chicken out if it was necessary to, to climb down to, into hell and, and wrestle a film out of the claws of the devil, I would do so. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be scared of anything. You Say that again. I'm not sure I understood that. You would <laughs> Well, it's... I know a place that's peaceful and quiet. A place where animals play. It's called the forest. But every year we start forest fires. A careless match, a cigarette, and poof, fire. So the next time you're in the forest, be extra careful, okay? Rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. Welcome back to the show. That was a a bummer. What was it? Uh, All I heard was that he died. Drugs. 
No. OD. No. Mm. OD. It happens. Fentanyl. Same thing as uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Just trying to do some heroin. Get some, some, some fentanyl. No. Uh, same weekend in L.A., a bunch of comedians, stand-up, young, not young, but up-and-coming stand-up comics died from doing coke with was... fentanyl in it. <sighs> Fuck. Why, why, who are these dealers that are actively killing their customers? Uh, it's bad for business. Like, that's that, what I'm th- saying. <laughs> like, that's... That was one thing about buying, at least for me, buying drugs in the 90s. Like, Mm -hmm. these people were making a lot of money off of me. Why would they sell me bunk shit? Why would they try to kill you? Why would they give you something that could kill you? Why are they cutting things with fentanyl? That's crazy. That is wild. Uh, Yeah, man, it's bad out there. So if you're doing cocaine, you get get yourself some test strips. At least in the L.A. area. Especially in the L.A. area. Yeah, it sucks. So, uh, yeah, Michael K. Williams, man, that's a bummer. He just did uh, Lovecraft Country is so damn good in that show. Yeah, and, you, and you would think he had, like, a nice, high-class, respectable dealer, too. Same with Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman, these guys. These fucking respected actors on, on TV, stage, and in movies, and everyone likes them, and then they get in shit. Getting bad drugs. And then they're already, like, such heavy users, probably, at this point, because they're both in their 50s when they died. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to do more and more to chase that dragon, right? God, then you get some some fentanyl, and they try to do a regular old horse dose, but it's that fentanyl Done. shit. Fuck. <laughs> Done. That sucks. Those are some Black Monday murders, if you ask me. <laughs> Did I get that right this time? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Black Murder Mondays. Uh, I got the I got a case of the Black Murder Mondays, man. Yeah, I'm not, telling you, not the Black Monday murders. That's a, two wake, different things, Chris. Uh, that's when you wake up on Tuesday. You're like, is it still Monday? I got the Black Murder Mondays. <laughs> this is brutal. It's when you drink so much, uh, your shit comes out black. Uh, that rap, that happen to you? No. That means deep internal bleeding. <laughs> deep internal. That's bad. No. Uh, patreon.com slash Christmas. So sign up today. Anywhere from one to five dollars a month gets you access to our episodes. New episodes every Friday. Uh, we just did one on the Blood of Heroes, the Rutger Hauer, almost Mad Max classic. It's, it's Mad Max. It's Mad, Mad Max, Max adjacent. adjacent. That's for sure. Mad it's Max definitely adjacent. in the, the Mad Max universe. It's happening like over the next thing, yeah. dude. In Mad uh-huh. Max, it's, it's <laughs> just right over there. Like I'm surprised Mad Max hadn't said anything about like just a jugger, just like in I came, passing. I came across a jugger once. Yeah, <laughs> had, to, had to beat him in his own game. Like whoa, this Max is crazy. <laughs> he's, he's done jugging. Max is amazing. <laughs> Um, this week we have an episode on Infinity Train. All four seasons available now on HBO Max. This episode brought to you by Infinity Train on HBO Max. Wait, seasons H- one through four. Wait, what? HBO Max is paying us too? <laughs> I don't know where. I don't know if there's money involved. <laughs> then why are you saying this shit? <laughs> Just trying to like manifest it. It's like the secret. If you say uh, it's going to happen, then, then maybe HBO Max will hear it, and then they'll be like, "Did we?" Did so? Did we order that? Did we order that commercial? No. You know what? Let's just pay him just in case. That's not. The, uh, that is not the way. What I'll do is I'll run the commercial. People, people do not pay you just in case. Just in case. <laughs> but they're so big, it's like they don't want it to fall through the cracks. I would, I'll cut the commercial and then I'll send it to them with an invoice. And, yeah, that's not gonna work. And, and then they'll be like, "Oh, do we order? I guess we, <laughs> I guess we ordered a thousand dollars with the podcast ads with this." With a show that no one knows down in Florida, you better just you better just cut them to check, Martha. We don't want to have to deal with this in Martha, open so, court. So, so is it Superman's or Batman's mom? That was a 
was stupid. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that on patreon.com slash custom so when we do 12 months of Batman. Batman vs. Superman. That's going to be our November episode. BDSDOJ. Yes. Oh, oh, I can't so wait. bad. I can't wait to talk about it in detail. Oh, it's so awful. It's going to be a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash so Sign up today. Uh, you can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and then we'll read it on the show. Like this. Got an email from Gabe. What up, Gabe? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for emailing us. I know this was last week's email, but we got it late. What up, show? What up? I watched this new movie on Hulu, In the Earth. It's an English film set in a pandemic. It's a Ben Wheatley movie. So it feels current. But the only comparables I can make is if Midsummer crossed with The Happening. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, field in England all over England. It is very field in England, actually. <laughs> Which is, I think that's on Hulu right now, too? I think it is, yeah. That, that one keeps popping up. That's like, that'll really fuck up people. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would love to be like the, the 15-year-old who stumbles upon that. It's like, you know what? Play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> that, that, that's 21st century psychedelic filmmaker, man. <laughs> ben Wheatley's wild. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, so compare uh, Midsummer Cross with the Happening. Yeah, it's visually very trippy with the editing, a true acid dream with a few brutal gory effects. Yeah, sprinkled in. Yeah, but his foot. Ooh. But it's not great. But I think worth a passing. Yes. Uh, I feel there's three strong performances and one really bad one, probably swamped with too much exposition. Mm, probably. I give it. One thumb up for just being memorable. Okay. I, I I agree with pretty much all that. Also, I haven't seen the new What We Do in the Shadows yet, because I'm rewatching season one and season two. Fair. It is a really good show. So many memorable moments. That Waititi guy is going to be famous one day for his comedy. He's going to do I something. Mean, yeah, one of these days. One of these big. days. He's going to do something really big. We, we, believe, <laughs> we believe in Waititi. For sure it'll happen. Uh, also, got a few episodes of Dave, and it's okay so far. Okay. I kind of got spoiled on the mood of the show already, being very meta about depression and living up to expectations, but it's okay. I just think it's the absence of Atlanta. Dave is tier two for me, a lot of parallels, and they're both on FX. Right, fair enough, yeah. Just like, it's a nice filler until we get the good stuff. Yeah. Atlanta. And of course... Why colon the last man starting September thirteenth on <laughs> FX on Hulu streaming only. It's just crazy since since the last season of Atlanta, both Brian Tyree Henry and Lakeith Stanfield have done like a so, lot of work. So so much more. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Now it's gonna be now it's a matter of scheduling. <laughs> How can we get all these people? They're gonna have to do like that the rest of the development season where they were filming everyone scene separate and then just edit them together. And like no one, no one's sharing the shot. How come no one is in the shot with anyone else? Nobody's available at the same time. <laughs> it's because we shot these scenes months apart. I'm sorry, that's the best we could do. Um, yeah. Anything else from Gabe's email? That's thanks, Gabe. We appreciate it, dude. Thanks for the email. Um, guys, delete your Facebook accounts and let's talk about some new stuff. Let's talk about some of this shit here. What we got? Oh yeah, I thought this was it's Averone. You know, it's a 20th anniversary. Of course, there's a copyright of, let, of let, the let. release of Jay Z's The Blueprint. We all know that. Of course. We all know that. Came out September 11, 2001. <laughs> Seminal moment in our human history. Uh-huh. We'll never forget Jay Z's uh-huh. release of The Blueprint. <laughs> um, but also, 9 11 happened. So. Uh, Split that scab off every year at the same time. Well, this is an interesting breakdown of all the things that were changed at the time because we were like, oh my God, uh, 9-11's terrible. How how do we reflect? What do we do in media? So much media is set in New York City well, we, or terrorist adjacent. Well, we, we, we set up the that bottom scrolling news ticker 
are that was a 9-11 invention yeah that's amazing right and now <laughs> now it's just and, like never, and then it never left it's all now it's on yeah. all of them now it's like put some sports scores on there while we're at it um they got this is from the wrap a very interesting list of all the things that changed in the wake of 9-11 um for example there was a cartoon on the time out this was 2001 so i don't know if oh. i was watching you may have been transformers colon robots in disguise okay there was like an active transformer show mm-hmm. on tv at the oh, time um and a whole bunch of it was either re-edited to cut down on like large-scale destruction or they straight up just didn't air episodes because they're like we can't show large-scale destruction right we, now we can't show it's too sh- sensitive yes um there was a video game that came out at the time shinobi okay. there's a shinobi game uh there was a sequence in which he uses a katana to like slide down the side of a skyscraper and then the building falls apart and they had to cut all that so, out of the so, game. So no buildings are allowed to fall apart. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. People were scared after that. Like, well, what do we do with our media? We don't know. Um, Sesame Street added uh, 9-11 related storylines. Uh, I mean, someone has to actively deal with the yeah, trauma. See, so why not a kid's show? Sesame Street's the only <laughs> one that did it, man. They, uh, Mr. Hooper's had a grease fire. And Elmo had to deal with the PTSD of dealing with the grease fire. And Big Bird... Had a, a pen pal who turns out to be xenophobic, so that's that was there dealing with nine eleven type shit. Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. Um, the game removed a sequence in which the Statue of Liberty is destroyed by the bad guys, and they straight up just took out uh, an image of the World Trade Center. They just took it out because yeah. they're like, we can't remind people this thing existed. That that was a weird thing that you'll see happens a bunch where people are just like, let's just remove the tower so no one even thinks about it. Yeah, no, exactly. For, from old movies and whatnot. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, video games, Spider-Man 2, Enter Electro, had a climactic battle sequence between... I'm sp- sure between the Twin Towers. Between the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. And they had to change the location of that fight. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think Spider-Man in between the Twin Towers is a perfect spot for a perfect spider. Perfect spider web. Yeah. Another instance is... The initial Spider-Man teaser trailer had, it was just a bank heist where these guys got away in a helicopter, but then the helicopter gets stuck between a web between the Twin Twin Towers. Towers. Yeah. Yeah. And that trailer came out like two weeks before September 1st, September 11th, whatever it was. When was it? I forgot. 911. Um, images of the uh, uh, Twin Towers were taken out of the Sopranos opening. Okay. Yeah. See, there we go. Yep. Because it was in a, a... in the first couple of seasons were pre-9-11. Um, Born Identity. After 9-11, they had to do reshoots uh, to try to make the CIA less villainous. <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real bullshit. Um, Zoolander took out... Uh, they had images of the World Trade Center and just straight up took them out. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they did, actually, you know what they did was they, had, they showed the New York City skyline. Excuse me. They didn't remove the images. They digitally scrubbed out the towers from the New York City skyline. Because the movie was set to come out September 28th, 2001. <laughs> Two weeks later. <laughs> so like, what do we do? Remember the movie The Time Machine? Vaguely. Uh, Guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce. Yes. Uh, it was directed by H.G. Wells' great-grandson. Okay. And then at that point, people were like, maybe we shouldn't give big-budget movies to people just because they're related to the author. That's a, this is yeah. a bad idea. 
there's a sequence while, while he's traveling through time where he stops in like a future point where the mining on the moon has caused the moon to crack up and it is now like parts oh. of it are falling down to the earth. Ooh, that's going to fuck up the tides yes. and a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, it's already shaking. It's like earthquakes and stuff. It's a fucked up. It's all fucked up. It's awesome. It's the best part of the movie. Second best part of the movie. The best part of the movie is when he comes across Jeremy Irons' character who's like this underground Morlock wizard type guy who explains to him in detail why he can't go back and save his fiance from dying because otherwise he wouldn't invent a time machine if she lived and then that would make everything a paradox and he's like you're an idiot you can't do that <laughs> stop trying use moron it's very funny how you're you gonna destroy talk. the universe he talks he talks down to him very much it's very funny he's like ha oh, you're stupid moron you fucking god pills idiot um so the moon is falling apart and parts of the moon fall onto like New York City and fuck it up and they had yeah, to cut that shit out okay uh, movie called Kissing Jessica Stein removed images of the World Trade Center Armageddon which was already made in 1998 yeah. uh, when it was put on broadcast TV <clears throat> cut out a shot of the, the World Trade Center smoldering like I had that shot there the World Trade Center just smoking yeah has uh-huh. a crater in it uh huh so they cut That's that out. kind of what it looked like. That is pretty is what it looked like. Um, Power Rangers episodes got re-edited to take out scenes. Because there's often giant monsters yeah. fighting in cities uh, and buildings get destroyed. So they had to cut out a lot of that shit. In Power Rangers. That's weird. All this stuff was... This 9-11 affected quite a bit of shit, man. Yeah. Um, Friends. Episode 3 of Season 8. This is specific. Included a subplot in which Chandler makes a joke about bombs at the airport, mm. which leads to him and Monica being detained as they try to leave for their honeymoon. This was removed. Duh. Duh. Duh, duh, duh. Uh, Spy Game, the Brad Pitt, Robert Redford, no. uh, Tony Scott movie. Um, it is a good movie. It says, uh, the filmmakers dialed back plumes of smoke in a scene in which a bombing occurred. They thought that the thick pillars of smoke would unintentionally evoke 9-11. Men in Black 2 had a sequence in the World Trade Center, but that was cut and swapped out for the Statue of Liberty. Okay. Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. Uh, the the Rockstar Games office was right by Ground Zero. Oh. Apparently. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, and so they made changes to the game after 9-11, which includes removal of one terrorism-related mission. No. Uh, the show Big Brother, this is interesting. So the show Big Brother, when they line everyone up in the house or whatever, they cut them off from the outside world. So it's just its own little ecosystem of drama. But then when 9-11 happened, it was like, you know, time they ever allowed them to like, turn on the TVs and put on the news and like, yo, watch this shit. And then, um, yeah. hey so, guys, uh, uh, th- th- this is happening right now. Yeah. So then as a viewer, you'd be like, all right, I need to get away from all this 9-11 stuff. Let me tune to my favorite, ep- my favorite show, Big Brother. Put it on, and then they're sitting there watching the horrors. Yeah. Like, man. And then talking about it. Um, Lilo and Stitch originally had a sequence in which Lilo flies a plane very low through a city between buildings. And um, it was changed so that Stitch was then flying a spaceship between mountains. But it's the exact same like mapping or whatever. Uh, Sex and City took out some World Trade Center shots. Um, the Spider-Man trailer we already mentioned, and that's a 9-11. 9-11, world-changing event. Back when we were like, let's all come together as a nation and, and fight this common enemy called terror. Yes. And let's watch it on live television. Shock and awe. We're going to call it shock and awe. Fucking. 
<laughs> bonkers. I can't believe that. Yeah. Literally televised the war. They televised the beginning Straight of the war. Straight into my TV right. as like a, as like a special. Yep. Yeah, as, like, <laughs> as like prime time. This is we're gonna do it 8 p.m. Eastern Central Time. Eastern Standard Time. <sighs> yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, you know what else is crazy? This this is wild. So uh, during the Me Too stuff. Right, the beginning of the Me Too stuff, mm-hmm. the Cosby and the Weinstein, um, a bunch of people with money came together and they decided to put together the Times Up group, Times Up charity oh, okay. group. Right, and you've heard of Times Up, I'm sure it's been mentioned a bunch of maybe, years, maybe. And um, Times Up was like a very official corporate charitable type thing where their whole thing was like we're going to support the victims and the. The accusers, you know, people who are or find themselves being chewed up by the power structure, we're going to help them fight the power, fight the power. And uh, and then it came out this summer when Governor New York Governor Cuomo uh, he had eleven women come out against him for various uh, uh, levels of sexual harassment and assault and whatever. He's a real mm-hmm. gross soap arfo, disgusting yeah. dude. Um, Turns out one of his buddies is this lady who was, is, was the lawyer four times up. Oh. And instead of like helping the accusers, uh, he gets her to help him first with his initial responses, like public responses to help do damage control for him. And then they find out who like one of the main accusers is. It's like a former aide of his. Uh, And she helps him like get some information on her online and try to find ways to like take her down. Well, I guess uh, her loyalty to Cuomo is more than her loyalty to women in general. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Same thing happens a couple years ago, maybe a year ago. Oprah Winfrey is on the board. And then Oprah Winfrey pulled her support for a documentary that was about uh, a number of uh, people accusing Russell Simmons of, oh, of some very thing. untoward behavior, no. yes, um, to put it lightly. And uh, so people are doing similar, like, what is this two-faced shit where you're like, you support victims and you don't help them out, but then when it's about your boy Rush, now, no, now you're not doing anything, right? So now... Well, uh, I mean, I'm sure she's very, you know... Close to Russell Simmons, yes. and for whatever reason, like doesn't believe that he could do something like right, that. Right, exactly. You know, power corrupts. Exactly. So, so um, the seventy-one member advisory board, which includes people like Reese Witherspoon, Jessica Chastain, Nally Portman, Janelle Monae, Brie Larson, Tessa Thompson, Padma Lakshmi, Laura Dern, America Ferrara, Kerry Washington, Alyssa Milano, it's Amy lot, Schumer. A lot of people involved. Julianne Moore. They all got an email on September 5th that said, this is notice to you that effectively immediately Time's Up has dissolved. Well, excuse me. They dissolved the global leadership board. There's no need for your individual resignations as the group no longer exists. So where did all that charitable, where did all the charitable donations go? Yeah, where's all that money? They're going to have to figure all that shit up. So, Um, yeah, it's crazy. Power, man. Power and money. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all a bunch of bullshit. People were saying this Time's Up thing was suspect when it first happened because the Me Too movement was very organic. And then Time's Up comes up with all these big names, signing all this letter, making this big show of it. It's like, how is this thing going to have teeth? Or how real are you going to be about it? Turns out a few years later. Not so much. Not so much. A bunch of bullshit. Um, there is a looming strike that may fuck up some shit. Okay. Uh, IATSE. I-A-T-S-E. That's a... Theater, stagehands, union, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they 
uh, want to renegotiate their contract, the time is up to negotiate their yeah. contract. And one of the main things they want is they want um, streaming media to be redesignated. So the last time they had a negotiation, streaming was it was like 2009. So streaming was like, ah, we don't know where the money is, if streaming will be profitable. So it was lumped under new media, which means stagehands only got like, everyone got such a... X amount of dollars. Yes. Now, it's all these years later, streaming is big it's dollars, huge, it's big money. We yeah. all know there's money in streaming. So they want streaming to be removed from new media to literally, the name, the classification will be not so new media. That's literally the headline of what it is, but it does mean then more money. Uh, yeah, it should be done. So now immediately, it should be done. Of course, there's a big fight about it. All oh, people are greedy. They want to keep their monies, so and they want to make more of it as and, much as they can. And these are like the grips and the gaffers and like the the, the grunts of the entertainment industry, yeah. both uh, TV, movies, and theaters, stage yeah. as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's, I, all, it's all the grunt work. I side with the workers, man. We should all be siding with the workers on this yeah. one. They, but Chris, they need to get paid. But, but Chris, but then mm-hmm, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers is not going to be able to report record profits. Mm. A bummer. Disney. Disney won't be able to make all their monies if they can't make... And then we won't be able to watch our shows. New shows. Give them the monies. Give them the monies. Um, speaking of monies, Mad Max, Fury Road... All those cars being sold. Ooh. Up for auction. 13 of them, specifically. Fun. It is fun. Including the Doofmobile. Ooh. With all the speakers on it. What? I mean, would be awesome to have. Like, even if I was filthy Filthy rich. rich. You have like, a warehouse full of uh, curated stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? I mean, it would be awesome to have, but what would I do with it? Like, what's the yeah. point? You invite people over to walk around your, I, I'm your not, warehouse. <laughs> I'm not part of a war party. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like behind velvet rope. You you have the keys, so you can get into it. It's yours, so you can walk on the other side of the rope if you wanted to, and but like I said, and turn it on and turn on all the speakers. You can get, grab a guitar, plug it in. But like Chris, I'm not part of a war party. <laughs> well. It's available. I mean, some of the smaller ones, like maybe street legal, like something you could actually like drive a couple times yeah. on the road. Yeah, yeah. A handful of them, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but they're mostly made for like driving through the Tunisian desert. Yeah. 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 13 of them are for sale. Speaking of Mad Max, Furiosa, the prequel, has been pushed, has been delayed one year. Uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Just giving George Miller the time he needs to make the movie, right? It's fine. It will make it almost 10 years between Mad Max movies, which, I'm is, okay with that. which is wild. Uh, May 24, 2024 is the release date for Furiosa, and not too many movies are set for 2024. Kevin Feige and Marvel just set, they claimed four release dates for um, that year, but they haven't. They're all untitled. It's probably Fantastic Four. Uh, maybe who knows? maybe we'll get some X Men stuff, maybe or maybe. A, a recasting of Wolverine, or however they're going to start that shit. Exactly. Um, but other movies come out in twenty twenty four. Apparently, a new version of the Cat in the Hat. Thank God. Okay. All right. I can't give me all the Cat in the Hats. I guess. Who gives a shit? And uh, Avatar three. Oh wow! So it's finally coming out. I mean, shit. Two has to come out first, but I mean, yeah, that's I, supposed to be next year. I mean, they've been. Are they done filming all how many think, how many I movies think, did think, they do in a row? Uh, <laughs> they filmed enough for four movies for it was for for Avatar two, three, and four. Okay, and apparently talking to Vin Diesel to jump on board for Avatar five. <laughs> God damn it! 
won't be in my 60s or still making these goddamn things. James Cameron might die before he finishes. That's so true. <laughs> that's actually, yes. That's, that's more likely. Um, man, it's crazy. We reported a couple months ago, maybe, maybe a month ago, Tom Cruise, his car got stolen recently on the set where he was, no. he's in London doing Mission Impossible stuff and his car was stolen. Uh, and they had like a bunch of his luggage was in there, thousands of dollars worth of luggage. Um, they recovered the car not too far away. But not the luggage. No, the luggage was gone. But you know what was had fallen out and was loose in the car and they recovered with the car? A copy of Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Those people almost, whoever stole that car. Almost had a script for Top Gun Maverick. No, not the script, the movie. Oh, the, the, oh, the like a the copy, copy of, of the, the movie. The actual movie. Yes. Like, they, like they, on a thumb drive or something. They could have fucking leaked that shit. They could have had, yes. Almost could a have year. sold that shit on the dark web. Like seven months before <laughs> it came out, they could have had it. That would That's money. That's gold lost yeah. right there. Um, Didn't even know. And man, that is also some sloppy bodyguarding and like oh, safe, that's a, safeguarding. Yeah. yeah, that is all sorts of. That's bad. Someone needs to get fired for that for sure. And you know who's not getting fired? Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. <laughs> Venom, let there be carnage. Um, any circus directing that movie explains how he got the gig, and it, apparently it was very simple. Tom Hardy just called him up. It was like, "Hey, I think you'd be a good fit. I think we can make this. We can make this work together." And he sold him on on working together. So that's how you got on board. I mean, the trailer does not give me any hope. The trailer is (laughs) terrible. (laughs) It doesn't give me any hope. Like, the epic scene where Carnage is supposed to, like, look all cool in the the stained glass window. Like, it looks so cheesy and bad and awful. Yeah, it looks bad. I think it looks terrible. Um, So, let's see. What was Andy Serkis' approach to making this movie? We got a quote here. He says, um, the film is a love story, but not the love story you might think. It's about the extraordinary relationship between symbiote and host. Any love affair has its pitfalls, its high points and low points. Venom and Eddie's relationship absolutely causes problems and stress. And they have a near hatred for each other. But they have to be with each other. They can't live without each other. That's companionship, love, the things that relationships are really about. So any circus thinks love is about being with someone space you hate so much. That be- be- being literally connected but with like a giant weird space uh, virus yeah. thing. Something that you hate. Um, That's weird. Rumors are Drew. I don't think it's confirmed just yet. Let me see. Let me see if I can confirm it right now. Um, do this. Uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, is this accurate? That's what it says. Venom. Let there be carnage. Runtime. Drew Stakogburn. Ninety minutes. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that incredible? That is, uh, like, that's awesome. It makes me, huh. honestly, it makes me want to weep with joy that, <laughs> that it's going to be so short that we're going to get in and, and get, get out and be like, okay, so the movie was garbage. Yes, like I'm going to have time to go home and like watch something and, and like uh, cleanse just, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> get some of that brainwash, that cerebral brainwash going. Um, and it sucks too because Tom Hardy's in the movie. He's capable of so much more. He is, but that it's fine. He, he's it doing makes the weird, so much money. He's doing his weird vo- vocal delivery. Like, yeah. what's he doing in this thing? I have no idea. He's like, I'll let you. You can kill everybody. He's like, what is he? He's acting like Roberto Benigni in Pinocchio or some <laughs> shit. I don't know, man. He's it's being, weird. He's, he's being weird as hell. Um, oh man, my phone's freaking out. Okay, get back to the, my notes because I just checked it on that thing here, and um, where was I? And we're talking about AMC is spending twenty five million dollars through Congress on an ad campaign. Oh, 
to get people to just come out to the movies. It's like, hey, remember movies? Remember theaters? I do. Uh, I have a regular limited pass. I go to the movies once a week. Yeah, AMC. I got a regal <laughs> pass. It's dope, bro. Um, they got uh, Nicole Kidman to do all these commercials. They're going to be airing all over the place. Um, I just pulled this because it's interesting. This article points out that um, up until this point, movie theaters haven't had to advertise the existence of movie theaters. I mean, yeah. What? Well, I mean... For a while, they were a part of mall culture. Yeah. Which is in huge decline in the year 2020. Absolutely. 2021. Uh, that is. What, what year are we in? How does this work? Almost 2022. Okay. And, uh, and also just the idea that like movie movie studios advertise movies. Movies, not the theaters. Yeah. And they're like, but they're like, hey, go see these movies at your local theater, you know? Well, but, uh, I mean, it's kind of half their fault because... For, I guess they wanted to make sure that people still saw weird movies. Like even during a pandemic, they gave it away for free, yeah. which does not make help. people want to go out and see movies. That's not helpful. That doesn't help at all. Um, so they're paying now. They're trying. Meanwhile, Halloween Kills got a universal release shakeup where when it comes out in theaters... It will come out the same day on Peacock. Really? Yes. That does not bode well for this movie. Right. Right. Exactly. That makes me think the movie is not going to be very good. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been thinking that already for a few weeks with the lack of marketing. Uh, we, we did see a new, not a new trailer, but a, a full trailer. trailer. Yeah, but, but before it was just that short, quick trailer yeah. that tells you nothing. And it's just like Halloween Kills. And you're like, that doesn't really make me want to... You're not you're not grabbing me. The first Halloween had such a strong marketing campaign, uh, and then this one got delayed a full year. It was supposed to come out last Halloween, and they're putting out this year, and now they're just like, yeah, we'll just dump it out on the, on the peacock. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't bode well, uh, right? That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, <laughs> this is weird. Bruce Willis, notorious um, uh, sleepwalker of an actor now who just mm-hmm. like is just around and in things because he's Bruce Willis and he doesn't actually act like anything nope. except for Bruce Willis. People pay him to appear on the cover of their like their movies and to be in a scene and or to two. be in a couple scenes. Well, he just signed a deal to star in an original movie that will be the first of a potential series of movies produced by the app Tubi. An original Tubi series. A Tubi original film. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. Now, Tubi did just, like, crack a billion dollars in revenue this year. I thought, but I thought Tubi was free. Ads, baby. You know how many ads they throw on their movies? It's well, crazy. I, I really don't watch... I really don't use Tubi all that often. I don't use that often. Like it's, one, it's one of the options I have, but I, I really don't use it's it. It's a free option that's out there. They have tons of shit. They have deep libraries. But they also have... They have tons of shit, but they also have tons of shit. Mm-hmm. You, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are deaths, and there are deaths. Yeah, that's Tubi. So, uh, yeah... He's doing a Tubi original. I just thought that's a funny phrase, Tubi original mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Nicolas Cage is making his first ever Western film called The Old Way. Okay. That's just notable. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. That he's never made a Western. That's pretty crazy. Interesting. So he's finally getting to do one. Um, and then after, right after he does this Western movie, he's doing another one where it's like a Frontiers type movie. So he's okay. doing a couple of back-to-backs. Well, I mean, it, 
old man with a beard, throw a cowboy hat on him. He's just, I mean, come on. They were in. They were in. <laughs> we got it. We nailed it. That's Nick Cage in a Western. Um, they're remaking or they're doing a new version of the Stephen King book, Salem's Lot. Wait, didn't we just wait? Well, Salem's Lot is from the late 70s. Okay. And it was the first Stephen King book to be adapted. Okay. No, it was the second Stephen King book to be adapted after Carrie. Uh, William Sadler, Bill Sadler, the bad guy from Die Hard 2, mm-hmm. he just got cast in uh, Salem's Lot. Okay. He just confirmed it, which makes him now, it's like his fourth Stephen King thing because he was in The Green Mile, he's in Shawshank Redemption, and in uh, something else or whatever. So he's going to be in the new Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Good old vampire stuff. Uh, Scott Derrickson left. Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness so he could make his own... He already had a bit of a falling out with Marvel, creative differences-wise, and then decided to make his own horror film that he was producing anyway. He was going to direct it. It's called The Black Phone. It's starring Ethan Hawke, and it's getting its debut, worldwide debut at Fantastic Fest. They put out a trailer at CinemaCon a couple weeks ago. People loved it. They thought it looked really, uh, really creepy and freaky, so... Uh, we'll see now in a couple weeks after it screens whether or not to, to be looking forward to the new Scott Derrickson joint. All right. He makes interesting movies. I, uh, I think his best one may be uh, Sinister. Did you see that one? No. Ethan Hawke plays the guy. He moves his family into a house. Haunted. Um, by something. Not haunted. There's just a spirit there that what the spirit does is it convinces kids to kill their parents oh, for them. Okay. Um and uh, but the way it comes out is there's like footage, there's film footage that contains a spirit in it, oh. and you gotta like watch it. You gotta watch it, and you gotta like sell the film. And so, you so, really so, gotta, so it's a haunted film reel. It's really a haunted film reel, yeah. Because uh, like what happens the end of there's a sequel to it. The end of Sinister, something happens where like they move or something, and it follows them. The box shows up in their new house, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a creepy, intense movie. R rated, pretty. Uh, I mean, you're gonna see like children uh, being hung and stuff like that. So it's fine. It's pretty dark. Um, Dune. Mm-hmm. I played at the Venice Film Festival. Did people cry? They were weeping in the streets. <laughs> it was pretty intense. It's pretty intense. The, uh, the reaction to Dune is, is off the charts. And um, what, I don't know why I pulled this one in particular. But uh, yeah, I played at Venice and people love it. And we only have a few weeks away to see it. Apparently, Chloe Chow, when she pitched Eternals to Marvel, her version of Eternals, she said that she pulled stills from Denis Villanueva movies to be like, this is the scope that I want in world building. So apparently she's already a big fan. And then they did this interview together on, a, what was it, like Harper Harper's Bazaar. They did an interview where they just linked them up on a phone call and had them talk to each other. Did they just stroke each other's egos? They did. It was a, a mutual <laughs> admiration society for sure. Uh, but the end of it is, the, is really funny where, where is it? I'll just read the, yeah, because they're like, you're amazing. Oh, you're amazing. You're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, she says, when she's talking about, um, Nomadland 
Um, I remember picking costumes for Fern and thinking she's not going to change her outfit. She's going to wear that one jacket like with Darth Vader, with, with the Darth Vader outline. You know it right away. Denise says, I didn't know you were a Star Wars fan. That's interesting. Chloe, yeah, Star Wars is a big one for me. I felt something similar with Dune. It just inspired all. It made me sit there and go, wow, I love being alive in this world. Denis, uh, The Empire Strikes Back was probably one of the most impressive cinematic experiences of my life. I saw the first Star Wars at 10. I was a target audience. The way for Empire was the biggest way of my life. Um, I rode something like 20 miles on a bike to go see the movie. The owner let us watch it two or three times in a row. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then this is really funny. I never talk about Star Wars. I want to look like an intellectual director, but I'm not. The <laughs> truth is, I am a deep fan. Chloe Chow. Yay, put me on that record. It makes sense because you tell incredibly bold and innovative stories. There's Star Wars in your blood. No, Dune. They both love Star Wars. Dune. It's very cute. Uh, it's fine. But, but Dune. Make sure... Just, I Make sure... I want Dune, Dune to be awesome, Dune. and I want them to do a part two. God damn it. Give me a part two. Give me all the parts. Give me all the Dunes. And the Dune show. The HBO Dune show. I'm okay with it all. It's fine. I want it all. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Mentioned this last week. Now I have a full quote here that makes more sense. Kamel Nanjani talking about Eternals. Mm-hmm. And how he wanted to do a character that was different from what you would expect from him to do. Um, here is a good quote from him that it gets specifically what he's talking about here's Kamel I've been in this industry for about a decade and I looked at the usual opportunities that the brown dudes get we get to be nerdy I wanted him meaning the Eternals character I wanted him to be the opposite of that I wanted him to be cool with nerdy goes weakling and I wanted him to be the opposite of that and to be strong physically Um, he goes on or we get to be terrorists and I want him to be the opposite of that. I want this character to be full of joy. And directing with Chloe Zhao, we were like, let's take every single thing that I haven't gotten to do and make a character who's the exact opposite of the way a lot of American pop culture see people from Pakistan or the Middle East. Uh, so there we go. Okay. That's that there. When you're watching Eternals, that's Kumail's approach to this character, uh, which is interesting. Um, I think it's a pretty decent looking trailer, too. Yeah. You know, we talked about the trailer already. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Christopher Nolan's next movie. As we wrap up this episode, only a couple minutes left. He's doing a movie, Drew Sir Cogburn, on... You ready for this? Something has to do with time. No. He'll find a time way. He'll find mm-hmm. a way to time me, why me, and I'm sure, 100%. Um, on, uh, uh, what's this gay guy's name? J. Robert Oppenheimer. Okay. Co-creator, inventor... Of the Atom Bomb. Of the Atom Bomb. Uh, so he's making a movie about the creation of the Atom Bomb. Interesting. Yeah. See how see how that goes. I mean, Oppenheimer's a fucking weird guy, man. Weird guy. Uh, famously loved Hindu philosophy. Yeah. Big on reading the Vedas. Yep. Well, and they actually. T- I mean, depending on how you interpret some of that Sanskrit writing, apparently it just you know talks about like fucking spaceships and atom bombs and lasers and like intergalactic war yeah. it's fucking bonkers it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild oh. I'm into it it's like religious sci-fi it's so strange it's the, it's the tenets of uh, Scientology you got the Thetans and all that mm-hmm. isn't it all supernatural sci-fi mumble jumbo I mean for the most part right it's because it involves like I mean one guy in, in, in the Old Testament one dude gets taken up to heaven in, in a in a fiery chariot. Yeah, yeah. And a chariot of fire takes uh-huh. him up to heaven. Yeah. And then they're all like, no, no, he's alive. He's fine. 
He didn't die. He came back. Like, I'm pretty sure this dude just got taken away in a fire tornado. <laughs> no, he's fine. That was God. Or is it a spaceship? That was God's... Well, now it's a spaceship. <laughs> Aliens. Um, the most interesting thing about this story is that Christopher Nolan is taking this um, project, and he's going around town and shopping it. And he's shopping it to Sony, Universal, and Paramount. Um, and Warner Brothers still has a chance to get in on this, but after the whole thing with the way they announced movies coming out, on the same day throughout 2021 for pandemic shit yeah. and the way that they handle all that stuff. Chris <clears throat> Nolan's like, I don't know if I'm... He made so many of his last movies at Warner Brothers. That all, that one move made him be like, yeah, hey, I can go see what maybe... Uh, Other people want. I'm sure Maybe you, I can get the same amount of money and work for somebody else. I bet you... Uh, I'm putting my money down now on... Um, if I had my choice... Oh, boy, that's tough. Paramount, no, because Paramount just announced that they're are fo- they're not going to focus. They're pulling back on uh, quote tentpole movies, and they're going to focus on stuff for their streaming platform, like remakes, rebrands. They're really going down their. Um, they're they're going to use all their IPs yeah. that they have and try and make something work with something it, they already got. It's going to be ten tons of shit over there. Paramount's going to suck. Uh, so I don't see it working for them. It's going to be either Sony Universal, Sony because they don't have a streaming service to dump their shit to. Um, Universal has Peacock, but they also spend money. They're really on spending money on making movies. So we'll see where this Oppenheimer movie ends up. I'll tell you where it won't end up. Fucking Netflix. Or Apple TV. What about Amazon? Yes, because Amazon uh, puts out movies in theaters. Amazon Studios? Yes, absolutely. So Amazon's a possibility. Working for the Bezos. <laughs> the bees. Send that motherfucker to space. The Jeffrey Bees knees. Yeah, please. Send him back to space. Suborbital bitch. Um, Paramount Players, speaking of Paramount, is a division of Paramount, a smaller division, where they okay. you know, just look for smaller movies to mm-hmm. release. And they pick up the rights to the Orphan prequel, Orphan First Kill, which is starring the girl from the movie. But now she's playing younger. What? She yes. was spot. Yes. I mean, even... Weird. Weird. The first Orphan only made like 70-something million dollars worldwide. It's wild that they're even bothering with the sequel. Well, how much did it cost them to make that movie? 15, 20. That's a good ROI, Chris. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was How Make Color Sarah's first film. Uh, he is not directing this one, obviously. Um, and this is interesting. So Paramount Players started like four years ago. And Paramount, they got this guy to run it. I think his name is Ben Robbins. Uh, they're like, yo, Ben Robbins, you've been working for us run Paramount Players. He's like, fine. And then after a year, um, they're like, yo, we need someone to run Nickelodeon. Ben Robbins, jump over to Nickelodeon. So it's almost like a step up for him because he's running Nickelodeon. Okay. Um, and then now they just announced Paramount uh, announced a new head of all of their, their studio. And it's this guy, Ben Robbins, who is now... He's been working his way up that corporate ladder. Working his way up, and now he's there. And then they just announced, oh, yeah, now we're doing less. uh, (laughs) We're doing less. Big stuff. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how it goes anyway. The world's world's ending. Who gives a shit? That's fine. The world's ending. I mean, it's always ending, Chris. People have been saying the world's ending since there have been people. Yeah, but this world is ending. Well, yeah. I mean, well, no, no, it's just... uh, it's gonna be a hot, it's gonna be a hot Earth, a hell on Earth scenario. Not only hell on a hot Earth, hell on Earth scenario. We've also got uh, the crumbling of an empire yes. to deal with. No, Big Tim Murphy explained on his show, it's not the crumbling of an empire; it's the end of a republic. 
Well, I mean, the Empire is going to stick around for a minute. Oh, is it? That's but the Republic's going to crumble. The Rome, no. the Republic went down first, but the Roman Empire is it's, it's yeah. a little too big to just go down like that. It's well, going to die slowly. Well, it, well at one point in time, it did get split into Rome East and Rome West. Ah. And Constantinople lasted a lot longer than Rome Istanbul, did. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Um, yeah, something like that. You know, it, it's history's messy. That's what's going to happen. Well, and it's also written by the victors, so. Yes, Victor Juan, Victor Oladipo, <laughs> uh, uh, Victor Von Frankenstein. They're writing history. So if you know a Victor, hook us up. Um, Drew, thank you very much. You're welcome. You are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back next week with uh, other stuff that's going to be uh, so interesting. It's going to blow your minds. Is that a good sell? I don't know. I appreciate it. A PFT Media Production.